Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. We're going to jump right into, into the Word this evening, and we're continuing on with uh, the, the study of Ephesians and working through Ephesians. And the reality of Christianity has really been a, an awesome kind of um, just journey again. I've, I've worked through Ephesians a lot of times before. I'm sure some of you have uh, read through and studied Ephesians a few times before. And you've been part of other series or a kind of a, 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 you know, series where people are going through Ephesians, maybe even at Grace Life. And uh, I think Shane opened up with this, this, this kind of idea that what he taught on Ephesians 5, 6, I think we, we actually... He did a series on Ephesians at the, the, the start of, of the ministry, which is 10 years ago. And a lot of the things that he's seeing in this, these letters now is different to what he saw 10 years ago. And uh, that doesn't mean that he was uh, kind of uh, deceived 10 years ago, but we're growing in our understanding. Uh, Paul is praying continually throughout the letters for understanding, for knowledge in the truth. And it should just make sense that the more we're studying the word out, the more we become aware of our oneness with Christ, the more we're going to understand and clearer going to see the scriptures and the word of God. Amen. So what we believe and what we saw 10 years ago is going to be different to what we're seeing today when we're growing and we're coming to a great understanding of who God is and who the spirit of God is inside of us. So um, it's really exciting to just continually see um, the power of God's word and the, the, the truth of God's word being alive and active. And as we approach God's word, with a, a humble attitude, we are going to grow from it. We're going to mature from it. And the last time we, we spent time in Ephesians and Shane ministered to us, just quickly recap, we, we really jumped into this, this idea of living out our Christianity, living like Jesus. And this morning we, we, we kicked off with chapter four and at Tiger, but we're also working through Ephesians and uh, we're in chapter four now. And it's really this heart. God's heart for us is to mature. God's heart for us is to bear much fruit. And we get to decide if we're going to bear much fruit or if we're going to bear little fruit because it's about the condition of our hearts. And guess what? Who's the custodian of your heart? Not me, not the person sitting next to you, not God. You're the custodian of your heart. You're determining the condition of your heart, whether it's coming, uh, the condition of how you're receiving the word, whether it's the, the, the way that you're responding to other people treating you. Yes, people are going to treat you bad. Yes, people are going to uh, give you opportunity to be offended. But you get to decide whether you're going to harbor that offense, whether you're going to harbor that unforgiveness, or if you're going to forgive and move on. So it's really important for us to check the condition of our heart because it's through our hearts that, as Mark chapter 4 talks about, the four conditions of the, 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 the ground representing the heart, the, the, the heart that is open to receive, the heart that is um, uh, conditioned to receive from God and to really uh, put the things of God in front of them and at the center of their hearts are going to bear the 30, 60, and 100 fold fruitfulness. Amen. So let's jump into Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to uh, just re, uh, jump into some of the verses that Shane looked at and then we're going to carry on with a few other verses. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17 from the Passion says, So be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding. But live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. 
and don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. Now there's a lot in here, and just to re-emphasize again, Ephesians 1, 2, 3 is the root. It's the empowering to live out Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. We need to understand this. Always when we're seeing a heavy in the word, seeing a, a challenge in the word, so to speak, realize that you have the empowering to rise to the occasion. When the, when the word says you lay hands on the sick and you'll see them recover, don't see it as a heavy. See it like, praise God, I've got the empowering. Jesus won't ask something of us that will be impossible for us to accomplish with his empowering. Right? When Jesus told the disciples, hey, let not your heart be troubled, it would be unfair of him and it would be very uh, uh, mean of him to tell that to disciples if it wasn't something that they were able to do. Not having their hearts be troubled, knowing that Jesus was going to be crucified. Their Savior is going to die. But praise God, he didn't stay dead. Amen. He's alive, living inside of all of us this evening. And we get to enjoy that unbroken fellowship with him 24-7. Be careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. Understanding brings fruitfulness. Understanding brings transformation. When we come to understand God's purposes for our lives, God's will for our lives, what Jesus accomplished for us, when we become uh, aware of this and we, we start to understand, man, this is God's plan for me to bear much fruit. It's God's good desire for His Spirit in me, not to just kind of be a seal for my eternal salvation, but His Spirit inside of me is the empowering for me to live a transformed life, to impact those people around me, to have a fruitful marriage, to have fruitful relationships. To actually influence the people around me, my colleagues. To show them the love of Christ. That is God's spirit in us. But it boils down to understanding, coming to understand these things. Now, a question I want to ask us is, how do we take advantage? It says, you take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. How do we take advantage of every day and spend our life for his purposes? Because I think all of us would say like, yeah, I want to take advantage of this. I want to take, a, if, if, if I told you about some special deal um, uh, that, that uh, on, whatever, I can't even think of an example now. Some, some special deal on some, some uh, uh, a sale on, you know, take a lot or something like that. And uh, come and chat to me afterwards about how you can access those things. Like you would want to take full advantage. You want to want to know, okay, cool. What are all of the steps involved to me getting that 10,000 Rand take a lot voucher? You would want to take full advantage of that. So the question when we're seeing like taking full advantage of every day you spend your life for his purposes, how do we take full advantage? Because all of us are going back to work tomorrow or some of us are going back to work tomorrow. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying my day off tomorrow. Um, we take off on Mondays and uh, don't be upset with me. Like um, God, God calls those who don't work lazy and he calls those who don't rest disobedient. So if you're not resting, you're disobedient to the call to rest, to take rest. And so I'm sure that's a word for someone. Um, be blessed by it and be condemned by it. Chapter, uh, 1 John 4, uh, 4, 19, we're asking this question, how do we take full advantage of living our, our lives and our everyday with purpose? 1 John 4, 19, our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. 
Loving others with the love of Christ is our purpose. It's very easy. In everything that we do, loving others with the love of Christ is our purpose. We've been created for love and we've been created to love. But we can't give what we don't have. And the more we are saturated, the more we are consumed, our hearts and our minds, our attention, our focus with the love of Christ for me, the, 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 the radical love that Jesus demonstrated to, to purchase my life, the more I come aware of that, the more my life will be a life lived with purpose, taking advantage of every opportunity, not for selfish reasons, but for reasons that is going to bless the people around me. That's taking advantage of the opportunities that we have on a daily basis. Every person that we get in contact with has got a spiritual condition. Every person has got a spiritual condition. Now, they're either united with God in perfect union with Him, or they're not united with Him. They haven't received that gift. Every person that you'll ever meet, this is a guarantee. Like it's, it's not complicated. Every person you'll ever meet has got a spiritual condition. And each one of us, as we're going out tomorrow, as we're leaving uh, this gathering this evening, this isn't the gathering, and we've often said this, and I want to reiterate that this isn't the gathering of like, uh, this isn't the bless me club. This is an empowering club where you get to be empowered so you can go out into the world and bear fruit. Some of you didn't realize this is, this is what we're about. I'm joking. Hopefully you, you realize this is what we're about. We're about equipping the saints for our works of ministry. All of us have got a work of ministry. And if we're not being equipped, we're not going to be fruitful in these things. Verse 17 now talks about, uh, uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, 2 uh, 10 to 12. Verse 17 is talking about the will of God. And don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. Understanding God's will. Oftentimes we, we've heard these sayings and praise God, not at Grace Life. Uh, I know I've been here for, for, for now 11 years, um, be part of the ministry, and we've never been about this. But maybe some of you are still struggling with this thought of how do we know the will of God? How do we know the will of God? How do we get to know God's will? Surely he hasn't revealed it to us because he's God and we're not, right? And say amen. Um, <laughs> First Corinthians 2 10 to 12 and some people have botched this uh, passage of scripture up completely painting this this mindset or this picture of man we just don't know the will of God God is God he's sovereign whatever he wills whatever he wants to do he's going to do and we just don't have any say and we'll never know first Corinthians 2 10 to 12 but God now unveils these profound realities to us by his spirit unveil means not to veil Right? It means that it's, it's open now. It's no, more, no longer veiled. He unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, He has revealed to us His inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and, to, and know His hidden impulses except for that person's Spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by His Spirit, the Spirit of God. For we did not receive the Spirit of this world system, but the Spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. There's no longer a mystery. There's no longer a hidden will. The will of God has been revealed. 
The will of God is constantly being revealed to us and, uh, and stirred to our remembrance on a daily basis. Because God's spirit is living inside of us and God's spirit, as these scriptures are saying, is he's making these things known to us. He's unveiling them to us on a daily basis. Now, the Passion Translation doesn't create any opportunity for confusion, but a lot of the other translations is kind of uh, uh, painting the scripture of like, who can know the will of God? Who, verse 11 specifically, they, they, they paint it as a, like, who can? But people don't read on because verse 12 explicitly says, uh, we can because we've received the Spirit of God. So there's no reason for you to be at a place where you're like, oh man, what is God's will for my life? God's will for your life is to enjoy fellowship with him because through that fellowship, you'll live out your purpose through whatever vehicle he wants you to do that through. Too often, because of this, this Western mindset and because of consumerism, because of money probably most, most often than, than not, people are, are running after careers. People are chasing careers, the ideal career. The career that's going to make me the richest. I went to go study business because I wanted to be rich. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just honest. That's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be successful. And then I realized that's not all that life is about. Now, money is awesome. We get to do a lot of things with money. We get to impact a lot of people through money. We get to even have greater influence oftentimes when we have money. Because sometimes the carnal person that we're ministering to, they take us a little bit more seriously when we dress nicely than when we're looking like we're living on the street. Now, it's nothing wrong with dressing like you're looking on the street. I know it's fashion these days as well. Fashion changes and uh, it's confusing a lot, a lot of the time. But the, the point is this. We get to use our money for kingdom impact. But a lot of people aren't necessarily using their money for kingdom impact. Now, God's will, apart from 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 10 to 12, that we just seen that the, the Spirit of God is continually making His will known to us and that we have this constant uh, reminder from the Spirit because He's always with us. He's never leaving us. He's never forsaking us. Verse 18 continues on to say what the will of God is. Verse 18 from Ephesians 5. And don't get drunk with wine, which is a rebellion. Instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul isn't saying, yeah, hey, guys, the Christian life is not about getting drunk. So never have any liquor, never have any alcohol. He's, he's drawing an analogy, and it's very important to understand this. Don't be so religious when you're studying the word of God that you get botched up in religious thinking and that you get caught up in this, this mindset and you miss out what the author is trying to communicate and what the Spirit has, has, has revealed to the author to bring this revelation to us. Don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Shane looked a little bit uh, uh, into this when he was ministering. And this, this word rebellion is really reckless living. Instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. What does reckless living look like? Because this is what it's saying. Don't get drunk with wine, which is reckless living. Now, he's drawing this analogy because someone who consumes wine and who gets drunk on wine, they start being reckless, right? Has anyone ever seen someone who's drunk and they're being reckless? Maybe you've been that person. I've been that person. Like, 
Guys, this is family. We get to be honest with one another. I'm no longer that person who's getting drunk on wine and then living recklessly. There's no condemnation, guys, for those in Christ Jesus. But we get to, to de determine where we are at, understand that the Spirit of God inside of me has empowered me to live free from this addiction if alcohol is a problem for you. But what is Paul trying to communicate here? What does reckless living look like? Is it just living in sin or is there more to it? Hebrews 12 verse, verse 1 says, says it like this quite beautifully. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down and especially the sin that easily strips us up or trips us up. And let's run with endurance the race God has set before us. So here the author of Hebrews is, is kind of giving us two, two se separate things that, that might be hindering us from running our race. Firstly, the weight and then the sin. Oftentimes, there are weights that are preventing us from running our race that aren't necessarily sin. Right? Binging on Netflix. Not necessarily sin. But it's a weight that is preventing you from maybe studying the word. Preventing you from maybe being fruitful. Um, just flooding your mind with, oh, there's some good things maybe on Netflix. I haven't found something of late like necessarily. But it's flooding you with a specific worldview. And so the more you, 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 you sow that worldview onto your heart and onto your mind, you have to be purposefully about filtering a lot of things. Otherwise, it's somewhere going to take root and produce something in your life. That's how it works. So reckless living is not necessarily referring to sin. So what is it referring to if it's not necessarily referring, referring to sin? What is the context talking about in Ephesians chapter 5? Because this reckless living that, that, that Paul is writing to this church about is, about is in light of what was just shared. It's a life that is caught up in the things of this world. That's basically reckless living. It's a life that is caught up and consumed with the temporal. Not consumed with the eternal. That is reckless living. That is a life that God hasn't sent Jesus for you to just come and live recklessly. And just be like, oh, at least Jesus died for my sins. At least I'm going to be in heaven one day. That is a mindset that is thinking recklessly. Christianity, this is a, it's reckless living is Christianity without any transformation. It's not realizing the value of your life. Your life was bought at a price. And that price was Jesus. Why? Not because you have to have, feel a heavy this evening, but because you can feel love this evening. And the more we experience his love for us, the more we can ask ourselves, what is the life that I'm living currently? Is it, is it a life that is honoring God? Is it a life that is glorifying Jesus? Or is it just a life that is being lived recklessly? Again, these things that Paul is writing about and, and challenging the church of Ephesus in are all things that they are empowered to live free from or empowered to live up to. I believe none of us wants to, 
live recklessly with the price that Jesus paid for our lives. None of us wants to waste our lives away and be like, oh, at least I'm going to heaven. Because there's one third of this world, as for those of you who are part of the school of the believer, there's one third of this world who's never heard the name of Jesus. There's one third of the world who's never heard the gospel. I got to minister to some, someone uh, like that this past week. I shared this at Tigerberg. Just briefly, quickly, um, I'm in conversation with someone on WhatsApp uh, with regards to specific sales and things like that from China. And I love ministering the gospel. I love creating opportunities to minister the gospel. And it doesn't mean that I'm always necessarily see, sees a positive response to that. So just so you understand, Etienne isn't the guy who always ministers the gospel and he's got a 100% kind of strike rate at making someone receive Christ. <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. But we're not called to minister the gospel for the sake of the fruit. We're called to minister the gospel because we've been impacted with the love of Christ. And we realize that every person that we meet is either united with God and we're going to spend eternity with them or they're separated from the love of Christ. And so with this person from China, I was like thinking like, you know, maybe like they've heard about Jesus, but let's, let's, let's create the opportunity. And I, I just asked him, have you ever heard the gospel? Just like plainly, like just, there wasn't any opportunity to, to ask. Have you, there was no bold up. It was just like chatting, chatting. Has someone ever shared the gospel with you? Or have you heard about the gospel? And their response, like, just gave me such a wake-up call. And they said, like, what's the gospel? Man, I don't know if you've met someone like that before. It was probably the first person that I've met that had that response. What is the gospel? Most people have some response to, like, yeah, like, this, that, and next thing, maybe Jesus, this, like, church, or there's some reference to it, but... With this lady, there was no reference to what is the gospel. And uh, so I got to share the gospel with her, and I'm, and I'm praying and I'm trusting that through the working of the Holy Spirit and the seed that I'm sowing, that uh, before long, she'll, she'll be united with God Almighty and, and get to minister to many other people in China who's never heard the gospel before. And that is living life on purpose, not living life recklessly. And me living life recklessly in that situation would have just looked like just being all about business on WhatsApp. Not being concerned about a spiritual condition at all. That is living my life recklessly. Because I haven't, my life hasn't been purchased for the sake of at least I'm going to heaven. My life has been purchased with the price for the love of God to transform me and impact me to the degree that I cannot keep quiet when I know someone's spiritual condition might be a little bit off. And maybe you're not there yet, and, and that's fine. You're not, you're not forced to be where I am at. But you are invited to have the love of God impact you to the degree that you will no longer just be a person concerned about your spiritual condition and at least your needs are taken care of, but you'll awaken to the reality that there are, there's a world that is, that is living without an awareness of the love of Christ that is I'm sure all of you have been blessed by it, right? The gospel, the forgiveness of God, the love of Christ, His true nature. And there's a world out there who's never heard anything about Him. Romans 8 verse 14 says, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. 
moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Are you moved by the impulses of, all, of the Holy Spirit? Guess what? The Spirit is constantly ministering to you and leading you and wanting to move you, but we need to respond. It's a matter of response. I responded in that moment. And I've been in engagement and chatting to, um, to this specific lady for a while now. And this whole time, like, there's an awareness, like, this person probably doesn't know Jesus. There's that awareness. There's a constant, like, cool. And so there's a moving happening. There's, 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 there's something that the Spirit wants to do through Etienne, through that conversation. But guess what? I had to decide when am I going to be moved into action. And all of us on a daily basis get to decide, man, in this specific moment, am I going to be moved by the Holy Spirit? Galatians 5, 16 says, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. As you yield freely, it's a free will choice, decision. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you'll abandon the cravings of your self-life. So what is Paul trying to communicate here in verse 18? Instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Does that mean that the Holy Spirit comes and goes? Does that mean that, man, uh, the Holy Spirit's running dry in our lives? No, none of those like, Christianese religious kind of talk. But he's drawing this analogy of getting drunk on wine and being filled with the Spirit. How long does someone stay drunk for? Think about it, very practical. Someone stays drunk as long as they're consuming alcohol. And if they stop consuming, the alcohol will still be in their system for a few more hours, and the effect of that alcohol will still be there for a few more hours. And then they sober up, right? A lot of Christians are very sober. They're not drunk on the Spirit at all. Now, why do I mean drunk by the Spirit? I'm not meaning you have to kind of fall around you and laugh and giggle. And I'm also not saying that's wrong. But what, I'm, what I'll always ask and question in those moments is what's the purpose of that? If that encounter with God leads you down on the floor laughing, and that bears fruit in your life tomorrow, then I'm all for that. But if that is just the flesh carnal manifestation of your experience of God, man, I'm going to challenge you on that. Because God doesn't just want us, wants us to have flesh fits and experience His presence for ourselves. He wants us to experience His presence for ourselves and have overflow to the people around us. So he's drawing this analogy, and like I'm saying, there's so many believers who are, are so sober, and they're not allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through them. And so it's creating this picture of we get to determine how much of the Spirit we are drinking of, so to speak, how much of the Spirit we are consumed by. Because we determine, in a similar way that someone gets drunk on wine and they stay drunk by consuming, in a similar way, we stay drunk on the Spirit by consuming, by, by feasting on His presence, on God's Word and yielding to His leading. It's a very awesome analogy. 
all of us understand it because all of us have probably had a sip of alcohol. And if you haven't, then I'm not forcing you to. But it, 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 it does something to your body. There's an experience. And the same with the, the presence of God. When we feast on his presence and we, and we start to see the love of Christ through the word and, and we start to experience his presence in, in, in the gatherings and through a word given and through us stepping out, man, it becomes exciting. It's contagious. And this is the, the, the urging and the encouragement Paul is giving to the church here. To not just live for yourselves, not to just live thinking about yourselves, but to really live at a place where you're living life and you're making the most of every opportunity. Spending your life for a purpose. But it all starts with this idea of continually just drawing from the Spirit. Meditating on his life for you, consuming the word of God. And we see this really uh, in demonstration in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 31. Where there's believers and they've got another encounter. And it says, verse 31, at that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. So this was a group of believers who already at Pentecost received the Spirit of God. They were already united with the presence and the Spirit of God. But yet here we see another kind of, as the, 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 the writers or the, the, yeah, the translators translating, each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. Kind of oftentimes we get this idea of they weren't filled with the Spirit. But that's not what the word is saying. And it's, it's contrary to, the rest of the word. So we have to ask the question, what is, this, what is this implying to us? And that is what we just explained through Ephesians. It's about being consumed. It's about being, being yielding to the spirit and the spirit of God on a daily basis as choosing to have his, his, his presence overwhelm us to the degree where there's a manifestation. Right? Alcohol leads to a manifestation. Consuming of the Spirit will lead to manifestation. He's always there to be consumed. He's always there to be experiencing or to experience. And on a daily basis, when we're going out tomorrow, when, when we're going to a restaurant or we're traveling from point A to point B, the Spirit of God is constantly in us, but we get to purpose to have our mind set on Him. Maybe some of you were stressing this week on some things. Maybe you... You became fearful of something. What does Isaiah 26 verse 3 say? He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. In the same way, when your mind is stayed and fixed on the presence of God's spirit inside of you and his perfect will and desires for your life, there's going to be a manifestation. A manifestation of peace within chaotic circumstances. A manifestation of love when someone doesn't deserve love. A manifestation of power when there's a need for power to be manifest. But we get to decide if we're consuming of the Spirit and we're yielding to the Spirit. As we saw in Romans 8.14, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So the immature children of God are those who are not moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. We get to decide. And whether you are mature, whether you are unmature, I don't care. It's not about me. 
It's not even about you. It's about God's love for you, and it's about the people who need to see God's love through you. There are people in your life that need to see the love of God through you. And guess what? God isn't going to choose on your behalf whether his love is going to be manifest through you. You get to determine that. And it all boils down to just spending time with him and being challenged through his word. As this word is challenging, it's challenging me because tomorrow I also get to wake up and go to the shop or go to a restaurant where I get to encounter people who I don't know what their spiritual condition is. But I do know it's one of two things. And we get to create opportunities to, to sow a seed, to, to show love, to, to create a moment where, where we just being purposeful about loving on people and, and showing them the love of Christ. This yielding will lead to overflow. And we're finishing off with verse 90 to 21. Ephesians 5, 19 to 21. So the, all of this yielding to the spirit and, and becoming drunk with the spirit will lead to overflow. There'll be a manifestation, verse 19 to 21. And your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord Jehovah. And that's also one of the manifestations of being consumed with the Spirit and consuming the Spirit. It's a life that is overflowing with joyful song to the Lord. Complaining and arguing and all of those things is someone that's just yielding to the flesh, not yielding to the Spirit. And doesn't say you're going to hell. It's fine if you're complaining. It's fine if you come complaining to me even. But I'm somewhere in your complaining, going to stop you and just say like, okay, let's pray about this. Let's pray about the matter. <laughs> now, now, none of you are going to come complaining to me. Um, it's fine. Like We're all at different stages and places in our lives and, and maturing and understanding all of this. And that's fine. Like We're growing together. But it's awesome to see that the Spirit of God in us and us being consumed with Him is going to lead to an overflow of joyful manifestation to God, praising Him, being thankful to Him. And then keep speaking to each other with words of Scripture, singing psalms with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. Always give thanks to the Father God for every person He brings into your life in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And out of your reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other in love. Some translations put verse 21. Uh, being, being submitted to one another as you are submitted to, to Christ. It's awesome to just see this, this, this manifestation of all of these good things. And, and even this evening, we get to build up one another because we are united to this world. We've got this word inside of us. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.